Ken is just like like 50 jiggies stacked on top of each other. Like he's just dogs in a fucking trench coat. Welcome back to class. This is the uh, fourth episode of Dumb 101, the smart podcast about dumb shit. I'm Anna, and I'm excited to be here with my two co-hosts, Sarah and Christine. Uh, we did a very quick recording session last night for episode three to talk about our um, immediate reactions to the final part of the Vanderpump Rules season 10 reunion, which you uh, will be able to hear on our feed. Um, we were joined by our friend and our first guest, our specialist guest, Katie. So check that out. Um, a few quick announcements. Uh, we are live. If you're hearing this, you know the podcast is now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and hopefully soon on other podcast platforms as well. So tell your friends, your coworkers, your mail carrier, that weird mom at the pickup line, anyone who watches Bravo. And if they don't, why not? Um, tell them to check out the pod, uh, rate and review if you feel we're doing a good job. And if you don't, it's okay. We still appreciate you. Um, and uh, and now you can find us on Instagram. We are at dumb101podcast. We will start posting content there. Um, some podcast reminders, probably like videos we reference on the show. Um, if you want to send us questions, topics, uh, memes, slide into our DMs or email us at dumb101podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And um, thank you, by the way, to our friends and family members who have kindly given us such wonderful feedback. We love the support. So now classes in session, lots to talk about. And um, I thought I'd start us off with a question. Is she a villain or is she a victim? Ooh, wow. Really kicking oh, us off strong get here. Into it, Anna. Guys, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of evidence for both. And I don't think that we actually have to land on one or the other. But I think it's, you know, something to think about. I think her victim energy is coming across a little stronger as of the third episode. I mean, the culmination at the end of the episode with that like complete crying anxious mm -hmm. breakdown was like I mean they couldn't have they obviously like orchestrated that episode perfectly but like it does lend itself to a little bit more of the potential victim situation yeah as as much as people are saying that you know they're a little bit disappointed by the quote-unquote twist or the reveal or whatever I do mm -hmm. think that it was a bit it did kind of turn it a little bit on its head um right. and gave us something to think about with you know what her experience is and really you know it kind of paints Sandoval as like a, a even more of a freaking serial killer than we thought anybody watched the pumped up version by the way I'm raising my okay. hand. I watched half of it, but I will say there's a lot that I realized upon my second watch of even the bit that I did rewatch. What's so interesting to me and sort of gets into this whole like villain, Sandoval villain and the, the, the puppet master of it all is his insistence on these certain points that construct his story that he's so like strongly wedded to. So I feel like his 
believing that there is one narrative truth that everything is compared to can be seen through both the argument he was trying to make in the reunion and the ones he's had previously with Ariana, like when they were fighting in the apartment and he was talking about quality time and saying that was only quality time according to you, as if there were some larger idea of quality time that existed instead of understanding this is a subjective experience that we all have different versions of quality time. And then when it comes to this one time versus a hundred times narrative of sleeping with Raquel, where someone said it's not different. He was so insistent that it was that one time is different from a hundred times. And to me, what stuck out is like, why is he so wedded to that when we know it wasn't one time? He's some, in my mind, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but like, in my mind, it it seems like he was thinking that somehow is a lesser evil if it were Mm -hmm. one time or would mean something different. So Mm -hmm. that's the narrative he's pushing. And that's why he's so obsessed with that being true and believed by everyone around him. Totally. I mean, in the end or in the, um, I keep, I keep uh, referring to my notes in the end. She just kept talking about how like, like Tom was really certain that it would be less hurtful if they agreed on and articulated this specific timeline. And I think to him that involves like this one time for the, it sounds like to me, like what he's trying to say is like, we hooked up and then we filmed. And then like something happened later on, like in the beginning of the year, like they're just trying to make it as though they weren't hooking up during filming. Cause like that is so much more intrusive, I think to us as viewers, mm-hmm. but I agree it like the way that he was trying to pound that idea home was like so weird. It was like, didn't make any sense, but I think that the reality is that less hurtful equals um like less damaging you know like to his reputation yes so it's like it's not even about hurting ariana Mm -hmm. because one time does hurt as much as a hundred times but i think he's trying to think that in the eyes of the viewer one time isn't as bad for his reputation as having a full-blown affair i said it looks like he's crafted it for maximum sympathy yeah. from others. Like that's in my, what I wrote, like in my notes is that he told himself a story that's easier for everyone to swallow and understand. And that, that's why it was making me think of that weird quality time conversation he was having. I'm like, why do you care so much about whether this is her version or, or your version? But it was this, like, um, I don't know, this buying into this like higher ideal of like, this is how things are. And like, this fits my story that I'm telling right now, which is why you are, the story is Ariana is wrong. So like, we have to believe that, you know, what her opinion is wrong. (laughs) And you can see how they start to believe it. Raquel believes it. It's so interesting too. Like with all those examples with, you know, the quality time argument, the one time versus a hundred times argument, the these are all things that um like oh the fact that you know he was building this narrative that like ariana is like such a bad partner and she was like mean to him and whatever and um she wasn't attentive or whatever they're all things that nobody really believes you know what i mean it's so easy to like just dismiss as like a lie. It's so funny that he's pushing so hard again, like on these narratives that are like clearly not true. And yet he just will not let them 
will not let them drop, you know? It It is and really it, strange. Yeah. And you kind of see that like in, you know, what I'm going to call his coaching of Raquel when she was saying, you know, when the, the producer was like, did you ever go to St. Louis? And she's like, no. And it's like, there are photos, sweetie. Like there are if photos and here they are. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also like <laughs> once again, like... the, the producers, like the way that they talk to them mm. is so strange. It's like not it's not direct. It's not like he's saying like, I can tell that you're lying. Instead mm-hmm. he's like, I can see it on your it's face. Like you look different. Yeah. Look different. It's, yeah. It's like, you look like you have more to say. Right. It's and very, you've gone this thoughts. far. Yes. And he <laughs> called them like untruths, which I thought was yeah, so yeah, untru- I Yes. It's like the you've softer been pushing language. some untruths. I feel like what I noticed on my second watch was the way that Sandoval glares at Raquel when she's speaking it's almost like he's trying it like the level of control he's trying to even like emit through his eyeballs was so chilling to watch Mm -hmm. I think I was like rapidly taking notes when I watched it the first time so I was like listening but not watching and when I was watching this morning I was like wow he is like locked in on her and it was making me think of you know remember do you ever see that video when Lisa Barlow was taking a like a video of um her son like for Instagram and making him like (laughs) say thank you to all their Mm -hmm. followers or whatever. And she was literally mouthing the words that he was saying. Like, that's what I envisioned Tom Sandoval doing. I mean, that's something that Raquel is very familiar with as a pageant girl. She knows the stage mom. I was thinking Tom's over there in parcel tongue, like (laughs) under his breath. (laughs) Well, I I know you like Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter. (laughs) I laughed so much during that line that I actually, during the commercial break, I had to rewind to watch what I'd missed because I just was laughing so hard. That was so good. But the other creepy thing that he does when he stares at her is that he also does this thing where he looks as if he's looking down, like he's upset, but his eyes are actually up, like looking at her. And it's like... Dude, we, we can see you. Like you're on camera. Psychotic. Yeah. It's like. Can we talk about the moment where um he said when that when, when he was asked if he loved her? If he was in love. I can't. Andy, mm-hmm. you are in love with no and, eye contact. It's like no, and I would say this is the second longest pause in television mm-hmm. history. It's and like, him, Imagine yeah. that is how, how someone on national television can, you know, confesses, admits their love to you is by saying, I'm sorry, yes, while shaking their head no. Mm-hmm. Well, in the pumped up version, they gave more time to Raquel's answer to that question. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah. And then like she kind of did her little beat where she was like, shaking her head yes which they showed on the on the aired version but um I thought to your point is that like he that pause like he's definitely doing a lot of math and trying to figure out which answer is going mm-hmm. to be less shitty for him in the long term yep. and if he says no then he's fucked everyone over for nothing but if he says yes, he's a shithead to a few people in the room, but like 
Did it for love. Love is love. You know, it's love for love. love. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> On Pride Month. Of love is love, months. you guys. Even love with these, love. you know, across serial killers, they come up too. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. I'll never get over Ariana saying this. This is an abomination. Abort. 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 Oh, Abort. my God. It is an abomination. I wish I had more opportunities to use that word in my day-to-day life. By the way, speaking of, oh, sorry, go ahead. Christine. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I don't know where I was going with that. I was going to say, cause I, I took some, took notes during the pumped up version and all the things that they added to it. Um, so there was a scene with Lisa and Sandoval yes. in the dressing room, in the green room. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was basically right at the end when Sheena was coming back. So they were waiting for Sheena to, you know, leave her trailer and, and drive over. And um, she was telling him, you know, like if you are just more open with your feelings, like you haven't, you haven't talked about, you know, how this, how you feel about this. Like if you tell them that, you know, you love them and you're still want to be friends with all of them and you want to make this better, like maybe, you know, sometime in the future, they will be open to that. And he starts crying. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, then he has this moment where he's like looking in the mirror and he says, very jinx like, I'm not a serial killer, dude. I know. And that's it. Ooh. That's the end of the scene. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was crazy. It was, it was wild it was like to convince himself of it i mean and the other funny thing is that like we're not it's just like really funny how we're using the term serial killer to mean like obviously something else like a psychopath or a sociopath Mm -hmm. right something who doesn't feel empathy yeah i mean like Mm -hmm. we obviously don't think he's like murdering people but like it's just funny how Mm -hmm. that's the there's something is, in those corn dogs. Yeah, there's something. I I just enjoyed how it felt like Lisa was starting to put together this whole story in the middle of episode three. Right. It was like all of a sudden it felt like she had startled and come to and all of a sudden was like, wait, yeah, she's just joined. Where us. am I? Yeah. What's happening? Mm-hmm. You dressed up as Raquel for Halloween? Like do you live under a fucking rock? Aren't you an executive producer on this goddamn show? Where have you been? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it reminded me of like when someone put Ken's battery pack in and he delivered the news in the kitchen. It was like Tom Zanzibar. <laughs> I will never get over him saying, and in the jacuzzi as well. Yeah. I think about that line so often. It's sick. I put that, I think about that line when like I'm, you know, putting my son to bed. Like <laughs> it's crazy. It just jumps into my head. Oh, another thing about him, about Sandoval pushing this narrative about the one time in the pumped up version, they talk, there's a lot more talk about like the whole mistress versus not mistress thing. And um, yeah, so there's more mistress talk and Sandoval's pushing this narrative that it was like one time and that, and that doesn't make Raquel a mistress. Because mistress means it's an ongoing thing. I'm like, dude, it means something that was ongoing. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit. I mean, Christ, right. you want to like, we're, we're now using a scalpel to pull this apart. Like, I know. What do you I think wrote, insane. I wrote Tom 
Sandoval and the semantics. That was like a new <laughs> for his band. Like that's so great. And, you and know, I'm yelling like, at Lisa. This, this is semantic. And she's yeah. like, "No, it's not." I'm like, "You don't even know what that means." By the way, guys, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a snob. <laughs> I mean, I'm not known for that typically, but on the Jackson Brittany podcast, mm. <laughs> um, Tom Schwartz, right off the bat, was like, "Hey, guys, let me find my theosaurus." So I can oh, like a say dinosaur? some big words. To... Does he think it's like yeah, a dinosaur? It's a theosaurus. Sad, but you know what? I'm not surprised. That's great. That really does. Yeah. <laughs> On Lala's now, podcast, in... she said something like strange like that too. She said something about like a patriarch or a matriarch or something, but she used like the complete wrong term. And I was just like, I feel like she, I thought I heard her. I thought I remembered the word because I had. Well, I listened to that episode of um, Shenanigans with mm. Nima, and I thought that was interesting to hear more about just like all the the Raquel legal situation. Yeah, I didn't realize the, like the TRO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, had she like falsified documents in order to? She get basically that? sent them like a pointless document. She got right, like- but to get the restraining the temporary restraining order in the oh, first yeah, place, I thought said. that she had like falsified like either a police report or a doctor's They notes. said that both well, were fake. They said that well, they said that on the police report. So basically they said that her um, filing a police report was like, not necessarily that it was a fake police report, like she actually did in file it, but that it was, you know, more to the point of like um, using the system in, um, I forgot the way that they said it, but it was like basically wasting the time of cops, which, yeah, yeah which I think is something that you can get, I don't know if you can get fined or whatever. I don't know. But um, there was that. And they said that she'd got some like, you know, some quack doctor to say that like she'd been punched in the face, which yeah. Making that doctor doctor at the urgent care. Um, (laughs) uh, Let's see. Oh, there was something. um, Oh, in the Jackson Brady podcast, which I am not, I will only call the Jackson Brittany podcast. I'm not remembering the name of it. So should we just call our podcast, the Jackson Brittany podcast (laughs) recap, (laughs) the Jackson Brittany podcast or recap podcast. Um, No, it's just that uh, the thing that I found interesting watching the third episode of the reunion was that Schwartz was very adamant to Jackson Brittany that um, he and Raquel had no chemistry. It meant nothing. Like it was just, you know, he did it because, you know, it was to get back at, not to get back at Katie, but like, because Katie said that he couldn't. And he honestly thought that like, it wouldn't be a big deal because Katie was sleeping with people, you know, it's same old bullshit, but on the episode and especially in the pumped up episode, they add a bunch of um, uh, instances where he turns to Raquel and it's like, we had a real chemistry, right? Like we did have a thing, right? Like we had something, right? And it's like, which one is it, you fucking asshole? Like, yeah. you can't just, I don't know, just decide what fucking side you're on. And apparently he said that he is not talking to Sandoval and he's taking a break from Sandoval, but actually Sandoval is just touring. So like you have no, right? you can't hang out with Sandoval right now because he's not near you. So it's just, a, he's just fucking lying. You know what annoys me the most is that, Everyone 
everyone everywhere calls her Ariana. And for some reason he needs to call her Ariana. 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 And I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. like, can you hear everyone else? Like, I'm pretty sure it's Ariana. I mean, unless mm-hmm. we're all wrong, but right. And the wrong. fact that he keeps he keeps saying, like, God damn, she was humiliated. She was humiliated. It's like, no, dude, I'm not fucking humiliated. Right. Like, I've He's got Duracell so money, okay? Out of touch. Yeah. Yes. He does not have his finger on the pulse. She's like the He's Super Bowl. She's idiot. got Bic. She's got Duracell. Yeah. She's on Glamour. She's got Uber Eats. She's like, by the way, it. did you guys read on Glamour? She's made a million dollars. Shut up. She's made a million dollars. Okay, let's. That brings us to the T-shirt. Many yes. things to say about this. One, it was nice to finally see Schwartz maybe have some semblance of realization of how shitty Sandoval is, mm-hmm. and that he like, you know, everyone was saying if Schwartz has his head in his hands over this, like, you know, you've gone too far. Mm-hmm. Like that's the mm-hmm. like. How could something in the moment about? how bad he hurt Ariana and he's so sorry. And, and he loves her so much. I love you. Cheering you on. And then also like mm-hmm. this dig at something that he knows is a sensitive thing for her. I would have been, I, I would say to my sister, I was like, I would have been crushed if an ex said something like that to me. Like I'm not a strong enough person that I could just brush that off the way she did. And maybe it was just in the moment, but like, holy fuck, this woman is made of fucking steel because that would have, mm-hmm. That would have killed me. Yeah, and, and you know, Sandoval apologizes in that exact moment, like to Schwartz. To Schwartz, mm-hmm. when Schwartz is like, "What, dude? Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't say that in when he, like, sorry. yeah, like to like, Schwartz, man. He's like, sorry, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, dude, it's really you, gross. It's like, really gross. He, I, I can't. And even... by the way, like he said that because he had just been outed as having sex with his well we'll call her his actual girlfriend at the time um while he was telling Raquel we're not intimate we're basically roommates we're not having sex so he was just outed that he was having sex with her so he had to say oh yeah I was so hot like she kept her shirt on so that he could transmit to Raquel that like I yes I fucked her but I didn't enjoy it right begrudgingly I begrudgingly fucked yeah. her and right. like, god forbid if you have Just good sex with a shirt on like I'm sorry no shit <laughs> right who doesn't clearly with a shirt on like have you not had sex with anyone who's been breastfeeding like yeah. at some point <laughs> you need to have a shirt but here, here's the thing that is a very like even though he's you know he's he's what 42 but he has like a 20 year old's mentality where it's like yeah, 20-year-olds are the ones who fucking, like, take each other's clothes off before sex, you know? It's like a <laughs> ritual before sex, which, by the way, is gross. Just get in the fucking bed and fuck. Like, stop this kissing thing. I hate foreplay so much. But anyway, <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know, whatever. And, and, and this now we whole said thing it. About, like, and now we said it. And, <laughs> um, and I don't think that's that uncommon. No, no. Foreplay is a fucking waste of time. <laughs> I love that this is your soapbox. I, I will say though, it seemed like what he was apologizing to Schwartz for wasn't was like, I'm sorry, this is gonna hurt our business. Is all yeah, I saw. 100%. Was like, this is all about I'm sorry to you, not because I said this thing, but because I know there's yeah. blowback on you for my bad behavior. But mm-hmm. I loved that Katie and Ariana capitalized on that and within seconds of that line mm-hmm. being uttered, 
they had that fuck me in this t-shirt t-shirt posted to Instagram and it is badass. Incredible. And it's great. It's great. I hope they make another 200 grand. I know. I fucking hope they do. I love it. That, well, that's why I brought mm-hmm. this up. I'm like, if they need 200 grand off of t-shirts and sweatshirts for a and fucking shop that doesn't open, baseball caps. Oh, but I did oh. read that somewhere because I was like, what annoyed me is, I was like, come on, Lala, like I don't want to see you in the fucking send it to Daryl sweatshirt again on Watch What Happens Live. Like it's the <laughs> second time she's worn that on yeah. Watch What Happens Live mm. in like two months, and I was like, come on, like this is ridiculous. But then I was reading that she has made like enough money off of that sweat that merch to put like a down payment on a 1.4 million dollar house <laughs> holy shit guys we need a fucking like, sweatshirt who is that. buying that sweatshirt like there's no i've never seen anyone wearing it i mean granted like i don't live in la but like is ever is does L, has la been experiencing a cold front like why is everyone like why is california buying i don't know why i'm out? saying that it's all california it could be middle america <laughs> Who knows? Sure. I guess, but I'm sure everybody wanted a piece of swag to wear during, you know, a Vanderpump Rules reunion watch party. I'm sure. Yeah. It's like the World Cup. Like you want to wear your like Even fucking Peter. Peter has fucking merch. Okay. What does it say? Like gross pirate hair? So Peter's, (laughs) Peter's merch is, I don't know what it is, but it is sold. He snagged the number one guy in the group.com URL. And he oh sells God. merch on that website. And he says it's the number one, like, what, O and E, I think, or it's either. Oh, no. Number O and E or the numeral. The number one. I'm on it. It's, okay. No. It looks like a website I would have made in sixth grade on, like, <laughs> it's MySpace. Live journal. Pre oh. MySpace. <laughs> I mean, oh, God. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, my God. There's like a. Oh, guys. Hang on. I'm sending you the link. This is you're not even gonna bully. Hang on, I'm on. Oh Where's the link? Um, his by the way, his interview, and I will give Sheena Shea one thing. She gets a lot of information out of people, and of course, she's mostly interviewing her friends. But holy crap, she asks questions and they fucking answer like with no hesitation, with lots and lots of like, um, oh yes, number one That's guy. Right. Um, oh my god! Number one guy, in, yeah, <laughs> ain't, no ain't no starter pony. So it's Peter what? for you know iPod, iPod, <laughs> iPods, podcasts. Famously, uh, not a visual medium. Um, it's Peter as what looks like a Disney book character coloring book as a centaur on a T-shirt that says mm-hmm. "Ain't no starter pony." Mm-hmm. And and that's what Raquel called him in one of her testimonials was that she went on that date with Peter where God bless him. He thought that she, when she said, keep it casual, he, he thought that she meant Linen the pants. dress code. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I don't even when, understand these references he's making in these oh, shirts. I think that Raquel, there's like one that has like a baby unicorn or something on it. Okay. I just posted that in the chat. What is that? Validate me. And I'm pretty sure that's because. Raquel said consolidate instead of console me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which what is, is up actually with in this like horse, horse imagery? Yeah. This like haunted my little pony. <laughs> it's the fact so that tough. The think of Peter <laughs> hoodie and the number one guy hoodie are $120. Oh, 
Yes. And the back of it says Madrigal, which is just making me think of Encanto. Encanto, so. obviously. <laughs> right. Well, that is his last name. Mirabel! But, <laughs> but um, uh, the funny thing is that Jax is actually, um, he says that he's okay with Peter having the number one guy uh, website, but you can tell he's like seething inside. I mean, the um, website st- has a greeting at the top that he just put a text box that says, and, well, hello there, which is the most like milady Peter thing you could say at the beginning of a website. And the photo, By the way, this photo, photo, yeah, this photo is absolutely the worst awful. fucking photo I've ever seen. Like, he looks like, why doesn't like he when use you like take a Bravo a, press photo or something? Yeah. Like, if you would take a this is photo perfect. of Fabio, no right? Photo Fabio, and then you like, you, made the like you do that thing where like you made the the colors like the opposite colors you know what i mean what's that called inverted yeah you inverted the colors this is the photo you'd get mm-hmm. do you see the starter pony candle oh my god honestly like, like what okay he spelled tobacco like? wrong where in the description of what the candle smells like wow it, <laughs> it, it's almost like tabasco and it's Right. <laughs> oh, Peter. Listen, he is a restaurant manager and that's a very busy job and I'm sure he does it very well. He's been doing it for many years. He's not, you know, he's not a copywriter. Like he's it's not a programmer. The starter pony candle. You'll be enthralled with the sense of capital T tobacco. A very you know, unique and delicious flavor because that's how you Describe candles. Take a bite out of that candle. Famously. <laughs> this is crazy. Wow. I'm so happy this is where we are. Um also like by the way, like- he's also shopping around a um uh a concept for a new show. Okay. It's about people who it's a reality show. It's like a racing car guys reality. It kind of sounds like a fast and furious kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he has a friend who started this business where like you rent luxury vehicles, right. And started this kind of douchey man's club for networking. And now they get together in different cities around the country to like drive douchey cars together and network. And he is shopping around a reality series, you know, based around these people. It's like pretty tough. Something that I don't need on my screen. Godspeed, no. Peter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds almost as bad as Vanderpump Villa. Yeah. Have you guys heard about this? Yeah. 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 The below deck type For Lisa's show. House. I don't think anyone. Lisa's house it. in France. I think less Lisa would be is what we need. Yeah. I don't need her anymore. It's like, Lisa, her just, just like, go, just go back to Beverly Hills for fuck's sake. Like go back to if your, that's what you want to do. If you want to be on the screen, go back to Beverly Hills. No, well, she needs a place where like the power dynamic is embedded into the structure of the cast. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I don't think she has any clout anymore with Beverly Hills. She lost mm. all of that. And so she would never go back. I mean, her just like gesticulating wildly all over this stage just made her look like this, I hate to say old lady, but like it it just, she doesn't make sense in this group. I kind of would forget she was there and then they'd cut to her and it was like a jump scare. She really didn't need to be there. She doesn't need to be like seated with them. You know, it's so weird. 
I mean, do you think that's why Vanderpump dogs didn't take off because the dogs have too much control over her? (laughs) That she has that she feels trying to be an alpha dogs. She feel well. She has too much too much love for the dogs, and they you know they they walk all over her. So that's probably why she didn't want to do the show. Did you see someone posting about her like the World Series of Poker, and she had like one of her jiggy clones like laying on the table or like card table in front of her and someone's like is lisa vanderpump here with a dead dog (laughs) oh my god oh my god the answer is yes is it what's the current one's name is it pinky or muffin or what what is it it's always something like vaguely sexual and uncomfortable dicky yeah 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 jesus I did actually once say that, like, I do think that Ken is just like, like 50 jiggies stacked on top of each other. Like he's just dogs in a fucking trench coat. I swear to God, you put peanut butter in his mouth and he comes in and says, can't believe Tom Zanzibar. (laughs) (laughs) And in the jacuzzi as well. You should see it. I mean, when I, when they showed that clip, it's like his eyes are like bulging out of his head. It looks like that's when I said, like, you know, battery pack reinserted. And he was like, comes busting through those double doors. Yeah, we got those Duracells, you know? And My God. Powered by Duracell. Duracell. Incredible. He's got 11 good years left, according to the package. <laughs> That's more years than um, uh, Carol, Carol Summers. Oh, I knew you were going to Yeah, say. Carol Summers. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Um, oh, okay. We need to talk about the postcard. Have we heard about the postcard? I have. Have you guys heard about the postcard? Okay. Sarah, yeah. where have you been? Sarah, where have you been? Parenting? I was on one of your the job? podcasts. I, okay. I okay. heard that a postcard was sent. Um, I heard it on shenanigans, I believe, but I don't yes. know the context That's of the postcard. where it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if we heard so, what was on it, but that it was. Okay. So today I listened to a new podcast that I had not listened to before. And this came from me finally downloading Instagram after 10 years of being off it or whatever, but um, it was called, hold on, let me look at my history. Um, okay, here it is. It's called The Vile Files. Yeah, you, Nick Vile. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, so Brad Kearns it was the guest on a recent episode on June 1st. He is the guy who's like one of Ariana's besties and was staying with her a lot during, you know, after the scandal broke. So he was on uh, an episode and it was like, the episode itself was like two hours long or something, but he wasn't on it the whole time. But um, one of the things he said, he talked about this at length. And of course, you know, he mentioned the letter that Raquel had sent to Sandoval to their house that um, obviously Ariana did not open because it's a felony. And um, but then he said that she sent a postcard um, so that and the message was something to the effect of like thought of you. And the front of the postcard is a lightning bolt. But, uh, gross. So, I think oh, I forgot have, that part. Do they not have cell phones? Well, she's in some she, facility. She's in that facility. But oh, okay, so the, the other I thing am that she said, mentally evaluated. Mentally evaluated. Don't worry about it. it. Thank you. Um, so the other thing that Sheena said on shenanigans was that um, 
her uh, in, Raquel's Instagram account was seen watching Bravo's Instagram live. So you know how you can see other people that are in there? She was seen in there. So like, you know, they have said that, oh, it's like her manager or like her team or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, come on, whatever. She it's doesn't not. have a team. Come on. She's no. And no. there was something else that they had referred to, something that she reacted to that she would have only have seen if she was like, had access to her phone or, mm. or something. Mm-hmm. So they think that, you know, she either is pulling some shit or she's not there or whatever. I don't know. I feel like you can be in a place and have access to your phone. I mean, those two things aren't mutually exclusive, you know, she's not in like a uh, psychiatric hold. Yeah, exactly. She wasn't like committed. No, she went to a place. I mean, willingly, willingly, right? Like in those places, they're not saying like, you know, hand over your shoelaces and your cell phone. Like it's different. (laughs) Right. But I think that there is some kind of like the reason that she's sending the letters, they're making it seem like it's because she can't reach him any other way. I just think she's like romanticized this whole thing. And she's like standing by a window with her cardigan yeah. wrapped around her. And she's like, yeah, staring a whistle. And he's fucking that girl in Dallas. Lot. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, Austin, but yeah, has forgotten that she exists. Yeah. So you know what another thing, sorry, go ahead. Christine. No, you, you go ahead. Another thing that I was thinking about, like before we even watch this third thing, now that we know that the timeline is longer and I do believe that it's actually even longer than what she said. Right. So what does she think of Tom, of seeing Tom on the show on the, during the season, going to the fertility center to, quote, get his jizz count, unquote, Puke. Um, especially if what we, you know, especially if, if this timeline is, let, let's just say it's as long as they're saying it is and not longer. Just knowing that and knowing that he was telling her that like they weren't being intimate, that they had this roommate kind of relationship. Then she sees this on TV where he's going to like figure out if he can fertilize her eggs. Thank God his sperm is as shitty as he is. Also thank God honestly. Yeah. I mean like I know. Ugh. It was um, funny because Ariana was like, I don't want that DNA anywhere near me. <clears throat> yeah. But I was like, girl, like that would have un unearthed an entire other like legal battle that mm-hmm. can you I imagine, imagine. Yeah. thank god she didn't have a child with that man mm-hmm. like can you imagine what would inevitably be the fallout of that relationship and potential custody battle and everything else like i'm sure it's he would have with, like, never let it dog. go yeah mm-hmm. oh oh my god okay i can't believe i didn't mention this so one of the things that this guy brad who's been staying with them mentioned was that um you know, when uh, kind of, I think in the pup up version of like the finale or something, there was this um, deleted scene where Sandoval in the studio apartment with the galaxy lights showed Raquel a video of the front of his house with like a bunch of cars there, people, yeah. you know, supporting Raquel. And he was like, yeah, you know, it just sucks because like she wouldn't even let me like have a birthday party. Like she said, I couldn't have parties. So Brad was like, well, you know, first of all, we weren't having a party. Like, <laughs> right. We were there to make sure that she was okay. And like, we made French onion soup. Okay. Like it wasn't a fucking party. And he apparently like, he would just hang out in the house. Sandoval would hang out in the house all the time and like refuse to leave. And he 
came in one time when it was just Ariana and Brad and said, um, guys, there's like a curfew. Like you guys can't be up and like having parties and stuff and like keeping me up. And Ariana's like, well, we're not having a party. And if Brad is here with me, like we're going to watch TV. And he said, well, I bought the TV and I'm going to take it off the wall if I can hear it from the guest room. Like he was being petty as fuck. What a monster. He's gross. It, it, like, and I think the pain he inflicted is why they're yeah. there. Like that's why like, he's think... so distanced from it. Yeah. That's why really? in that Glamour magazine, uh, the Glamour magazine article, um, Ariana mentioned that after they, you know, separated all their shit and he left, she's like, yeah, I kept the laptop because I paid for it. I get to keep it, you know? And she would, she then was able to look at all of those like messages that he'd been sending and all of those files. Apparently he had files that would just say like restaurant receipts or whatever, restaurant plans. And he would have like plans for the restaurant and you would scroll all the way to the bottom and there would be screenshots of conversations and pictures that between him and Raquel, like sexually explicit i'm assuming they didn't say that but it was like he was hiding shit like that and he also had apps that made it look like it was the iphone calculator but you would open it up and it was like a vault app where you'd put in you know a passcode or something and like he would just store bunches of you know bunch of shit in there so she wouldn't see it yeah really wild shit because because, by the way, remember that she had the passcode for his phone. That's right. And That's they share right. that. And that created a trust there. And right. the other thing was that they had an iPad that everything synced to that she would check, you know, or not check, but like use. Mm-hmm. So they were using the same tech. And she f- probably felt like she was in this space where, she, you know, she knows everything about him. She can she has access to everything that he has access to. And like nothing is going on. And then. You know, like he said, that's something that I would typically delete, delete. about the, you know, the video, video that she saw, and that's what he was doing. He was just, he by just the way, gross it... that he's keeping that stuff. Yeah, bang like, bang, yeah. I don't know, gross. And that, yeah, he was. He had a whole other fucking life. Like he's, and he's trying to play it off like. Uh, you know, like I did this because we had such a deep connection and like Ariana and I have like a terrible relationship and blah, blah. It's like, dude, come on. Just fucking cop to like being a dick. Yeah. Like just that's what Lisa was like trying to say in that like private mm-hmm. conversation between them in the gr- whatever in the green room. It's yeah. like <clears throat> you just need to admit that you're a dick or like you are gross yep. like he, instead you're just trying to like make up all these excuses and trying to apologize but it doesn't land because you're not admitting like the one thing that everyone knows which is that you're like a gross monster and i th- i think that's it i mean he's i don't think he's capable of that we call no. him a sociopath mm-hmm. a psychopath a serial killer what he really is is a clinical narcissist, narcissist. and yeah. in this scenario that is the one thing he's actually unable to do and i this is where the whole like free will and fault and all of that come into play for me it's like I don't know if this person like that's why I think they're dangerous (laughs) is or people like this are dangerous is because it doesn't really even feel like I don't know we get into messy territory here but like uh, choice and all of that just seem Mm. sort of like inconsequential Mm -hmm. pieces of information or like uh 
scenarios. It's the, I'm think, sorry, but like he keeps doing that, you know, I, that's yeah, his thing. Exactly. I'm sorry, but you mm-hmm. see it in him even saying he expected text messages from their mutual friends, basically mm-hmm. consoling him or saying like, Hey man, it's a fucked up situation, but we're still here whatever. Like, as if this is something that happened to him. And in his mm-hmm. mind, it is because to your earlier point, Christine, like this it happened to his ego and his reputation and mm-hmm. thus it did happen to him. So yeah. that's why his original apology was about the restaurant and the, like, it wasn't about what he did to Ariana. It was just about how it was impacting him. Mm-hmm. And like Ariana's no longer like, that's like already in his rear view. He's already like moved way off. Like that's just collateral damage. This is him trying to, figure out how he makes sense of making the least amount of damage as he moves forward to retain whatever power and control and ego he has left. It's almost as if what he did to Ariana, yes, he's like, yes, it was wrong. However, the reaction of people to what he did to Ariana is the real crime. And why isn't anyone paying attention to that? Such a good And why aren't you know, I think mm-hmm. that's in his mind. He's like, yeah, like I made a mistake, guys, but like, yeah, why, why are you, are you all focused on her yeah. and her feelings when like, this is the real problem. People are overreacting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Since we're getting close to wrapping up, I mm-hmm. have to tell you the vision that I had about Raquel. Oh, please. Which okay. is that, um, like what I could totally see for her is like three years from now, some piece comes out. In like, I don't know, like the New York Times magazine, you know, or oh, like, okay. you know, like something like that, yes. like a yes. little bit more like pop culture focused, but like a sub magazine, not the mm-hmm. New York Times is sub, but something like that. And it's like a totally different, you know, like a raw look at Raquel. And it's like, she's been in complete hiding for three years. Like we haven't heard from her since the reunion and like, in my mind, that article, let's say it's like some kind of like expose or whatever, like a rebirth is kind of the only, pa- like I could see her recovering through something like that, where like she's in complete hiding, has this like reintroduction to the world through this, this piece that, you know, talks about what she's been up to. But like, and what that- is she doing? I Doctors think- without borders. No, I envision her on like, on like a farm you know like 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 the hadiths you know like in pennsylvania somewhere like with her parents i don't know like i don't know what like she got tried to get a regular job or something Mm -hmm. but the question is like like and my point is that i actually think she could potentially recover her reputation in the eyes of the public Mm -hmm. but i think she'd have to go completely off the grid for some chunk of several years and I don't think she's willing to do that for the because of the fame. I was thinking today, very similarly, I was thinking, how does she come back? Like, or how do we yeah. learn it? Like even a, maybe slightly different is like, how do we learn the truth? Do we ever learn the truth about yeah. what happens here? Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, the only way that we learn this truth is if Sandoval is completely out of her life and mm-hmm. she's like free of that chokehold that he has right. on her current reality and thoughts and emotions and, you know, fill in the blank. And- at the same time, she's still in the public eye somehow. 
And so the, I, I was thinking a magazine article as well. I was like, there's something where like, she, it's like, oh, we're catching back up with her after all this yes, time. Exactly. Like, that was exactly in yeah, my mind the way I was Me thinking. too. Like we've oh, seen it before. This story. Yes. We've yes, seen like, it before. Like and we've seen it recently. I would say, if you think about like all like these Stassi. women who are able to retell their own story, not to say that this is exactly that they're compared to Raquel in the context of the story, but you think of like, we're hearing all these stories about these like women who were pop stars in the nineties and early two thousands. And like their stories are being retold Pamela Anderson, like all these people are like getting the chance to tell their story once they're like removed from the larger than life public image that they lived in the shadow of. And Mm -hmm. I, I was like seeing that same arc for Raquel some way, even though I don't even really know what that would all look like or what her story would be. But I was thinking like, yeah, there's no way I don't see her back on our TVs again. I think that's like a very dangerous place for her to be, but I could see there being some other way that she's like back in the zeitgeist. You don't think that she would be on like a C-list reality show, like well, that's why I said I Love Island, know. you know, like I, or, oh yeah, Love Island or Big Brother is Big Brother even? A thing I know anymore? that's I don't the, know. the second thing I thought of, but I don't know if that's been on. For I think that's years. the other path. Like, if she wants to actually like get in the good graces of the public again, the mm-hmm. going into hiding, and then you know something happens in three years from now, is the I think the only way to do it. Then going down the like trashy, like weird, you know low level gigs of whatever she could get I could see her mental health really going into like a bad 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 place like Brittany if this were 2004 she would come back in six months with a reality show called Raquel's pageant of love where she would just like date men who had girlfriends and like find which one that she was gonna end up with Mm-hmm. I sort of, I miss the glory days of VH1 reality television, charm school, rock of love. Mm. I mean, I miss, I want Tiffany New York back on my screen. Like, where are these ladies? Oh yeah. What about flavor of love? God, I watched flavor two of, love. of that shit. Disgusting. Horrible oh. and <laughs> incredible. Did you guys, okay. When I was in college, <laughs> I watched the show. I had like a tiny, tiny television and I, we all gathered around it to watch the show called Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire? Oh, yeah. Yes. And it turned out the guy was like super gross, was a total scam artist. Yes, honey. What's the matter? My pencil went out of pencil again. Oh. <laughs> okay. Listen, you can borrow this one, but you do have to go to sleep. Okay. Okay, go back to bed and lay your head down on the pillow, please. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. What did he need? A pencil. His pencil ran out His of pencil. His pencil ran out of pencil. Oh. He has a mechanical pencil. What's he doing and in he his probably, room? Like writing? He's just drawing pictures on a on like a post-it notepad. She has him watching the episode again and taking notes and things that stand <laughs> yeah. out to him. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing a, a court, you know, he's taking pictures, you know. Because yeah. obviously he can't write. He's too young. Right. But I was like, do it, do what you can. And you know what? All sketches. of the, all of the, uh, all of the uh, cast members are drawn like Mickey Mouse, but I think we could figure it out. We can get there. Great. So to finish up, we'll we'll move on to our segment. We're calling Smart Shits and recommendations of smart content. 
to balance out your entertainment if that's what you're into. <laughs> um, so, Christine, you got something? I Yeah, you know what we watched was um, Triangle of Sadness. Oh, I loved that movie. Lo- I mean, I... It sounds sad. Love- Is it's it sad? not sad. No, it's oh. not sad. It's okay. ridiculous and funny. And I thought so well done and very... Um, just like definitely makes you leaves you thinking about it afterwards. Like I've been thinking about it since I saw it. It's a great like antidote to Bravo right now. So what's it on? It. I think it, uh, maybe like Amazon Prime. It was a yeah. It was on it's Prime. a movie. It's a an indie film that yeah. came out. It it, oh, nice. it won like the Palm uh, d'Or. Palm d'Or. Yes. Ooh. I would also very prestigious. Tack onto that if you're int- if you're a fan of Below Deck. It does start on a yacht with a lot of um, rich people sort of following a little bit of the people who work on the boat and the people who are on the boat. And definitely below deck vibes, which is as like, I guess our listeners will get to know my legitimate favorite Bravo show. So, wow. I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah. Big, big Um, person. I would, I recommend Alan Rickman's uh, posthumous uh, published diaries madly mm-hmm. deeply they're very good i'm like halfway through great quick read and so entertaining and i love his voice and i hear it in my head when i read it and it's wonderful mm. great sarah you got something yes i just finished the book horse by geraldine brooks that people may or may not have heard of it came out last year um it follows the story of this one horse actually but like that existed and was this like incredible racehorse this is fiction um in 1850 and a painting of the horse a horse this horse the same horse that was discovered in like present day and sort of juxtaposing the stories um that are sort of interwoven together about the art and also this incredible racehorse and everything that came along with um I don't know if you'd call it horse husbandry, but people who cared for those horses and raced those horses. And it was, I mean, I knew nothing and still don't know a lot about horse racing, but it was fascinating and just incredibly well-written. I mean, she's, she's won a Pulitzer. So, oh shit. You know, she knows how to, she knows how to write a book. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you so much for listening to episode four of dumb one Oh one, the smart podcast about dumb shit. Next week, we have uh, deleted scenes from Vanderpump Rules to talk about. We're watching that. Um, We're also going to chat about what got us into these shows, why we personally find them so interesting as we learn to live in a post-Scandival world. Um, Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dumb101podcast and subscribe to our feeds on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, So that's your homework for the week. Uh, Thank you to my two co-hosts, Sarah and Christine, amazing and insightful as ever. And I'm Anna. Class is dismissed. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.